0: Hey everyone, it's Saturday, October 24th, 2020. Welcome to episode 33 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. I'm AJ, aka The Ginger.
1: And I'm Reese, aka The Beard.
0: On this week's show, we'll be drinking and reviewing craft beers from Newgrass Brewing and Firestone Walker Brewing, quickly recapping UFC 254 and giving a TLDR on Apple's new
1: iPhones. We'll also be talking about a potential new VR headset from Decagear and Outer Worlds arrival to the Steam store. So stick around. All right, let's do this. Um, I want to say before we uh, start the show, um, give you guys a quick reminder to please like and subscribe on YouTube and also subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you really want to help us grow, share the episode with a friend. As always, we appreciate your support. We're glad you're here.
0: Yes, absolutely. And make sure to check out the YouTube chapters below or the timestamps in the description if you'd like to skip around to your favorite topics. All right, man, before we get into all this crazy news, how was your week, man?
1: Uh, my week was great, man. Um, I didn't work all week. I took the week off, so that was fun. Did a lot of fun and interesting things. Uh, earlier today, we went and did a sensory deprivation tank, so that was really nice. And then we ate some crabs. Uh, it was my birthday, so.
0: So, to be clear, you ate crabs. You didn't get crabs.
1: Oh, yeah, I should have specified. Yeah, ate <laughs> ate ate crabs no 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 no. we got crabs you got crabs
0: and then you proceeded to you proceeded to eat them
1: yeah steamed
0: <laughs> in the sub- sensory deprivation tank
1: oh <laughs> getting getting wild I guess nice. there was some salt in the sensory deprivation you, tank so I guess that kind of seasoned them up work. a little bit you can make it work
0: you yep. gotta tell me how, how does that work I've never been in a tank like that a float tank
1: <clears throat> so it's a uh, completely dark, no noise at all. Um you put um uh earplugs in basically so that you can't hear anything and then you're in like this actual like tank. You they, you close the door in on yourself. Um and inside the tank is uh it's water but it's like highly salinated water so it's uh like basically 50% buoyancy. Um I don't know what that means, but basically you're not going to sink. Like you have to like, you have to like push down to like push your water to push down into the water. So, um, and then there's like tons of magnesium and other good stuff for your skin in there. Um, so yeah, you kind of just, uh, lock yourself in, um, you know, floating on the water, can't hear anything, can't see anything. Even if you open, there's no difference between you closing your eyes and opening your eyes. It's, it's pitch black. There's, you can't see a thing. Um, and, uh. Yeah, so then you just all you can hear is your breathing and your heartbeat, basically. And um I was in there for an hour and a half just meditating, thinking about thinking about my entire thinking life. about life. What's the meaning of life? Dude, I feel like I would lose I think I would
0: I maybe would have a mental breakdown. <laughs> I'd like probably like want to explode out of there.
1: Nah. Nah, you probably start hallucinating though.
0: Oof. That's
1: rough. Yeah. You do you do actually uh start hallucinating a little bit. It's just like little flashes of light. It's nothing really crazy. Um But Jeez. I felt amazing, felt felt absolutely amazing afterwards. Um that's why I do it. Uh my wife does it, makes her back feel amazing afterwards. Uh so I, I mean, nice. yeah, I definitely recommend it.
0: i have to check that out. I have to see if there's any route around, around me. I'm sure there's probably
1: some around here. I wouldn't doubt it, man. But um uh, how was your week?
0: It was good, man. The uh, week flew by. Super busy at work, um, but happy to be here. We're recording on a Saturday instead of a Friday. You had some stuff going on yesterday, and today's your birthday. I'm not sure. Did you mention that? Today's your birthday. Happy hey. birthday to the beard.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, I will now proceed to sing Happy Birthday. Oh, no. So if you don't want to hear that, skip 50. 50- I'm just kidding. I'm not Oh, gonna God. Sing. Thank you. <laughs> it's
1: so, like no don't, don't do that oh, don't man. do that to us don't do that the, to yourself the beard
0: the beard edits the videos so he would probably would have cut it out anyway so oh yeah i probably um, would have just
1: ended this ended everything i would have just shut my computer <laughs> shut, off You know shutting what? it down
0: shutting it down i'm going to
1: sleep we're gonna start tomorrow
0: yeah. over <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday to you man you share a birthday with alexander volkov we saw that today in the ufc 254 so yeah my week was good but week weekend has been been well so far today um you know watching the fights and went to a little oyster roast earlier today didn't get to stay too long but ate some ate some grilled um steamed i guess oysters really really delicious Ooh, nice. but but yeah man i'm excited to uh get into these topics um you know so i guess let's go ahead and move into our What You drinking segment.
1: All right, let's go right into it. and we're back
0: welcome to the what you drinking segment shout out to the voters this week we put up a poll for my uh beer last week i didn't do a poll this week you didn't do a poll because you have a beer that you're very excited to drink um but i put up a poll earlier i guess well it was on thursday technically between the new grass brewing shortcake oat shake and the uh what was the other one called um wasn't it like looks like something
1: looks like purple or rhymes with purple
0: yeah there you go rhymes with purple from brah bramari i think is how you pronounce it bramari brewing in nashville north carolina I was actually there last past weekend um didn't get to stop by bramari unfortunately because i heard they have delicious food unfortunately i just didn't get to get to make it it was too too many places to get to um but the other one is new grass brewing company which also in north carolina but not Asheville. um i picked up both of those beers from a bottle shop in Asheville, north carolina it's called the local bottle shop if you ever get a chance stop by there the guy who owns it's super cool and uh yeah i had a ton of good stuff for for me to choose from it was kind of hard to narrow it down but those are two of the ones that i picked up and they both sound delicious both of them fruited um so yeah, the shortcake oatshake from Newgrass Brewing took the cake, Ooh. pun intended. Nice. Um cool little label here, kinda <laughs> like a minimalistic little circle label in- instead of like a full wrap label, so that's kinda different. You don't see that too often.
1: Quick uh quick little fact. Every time I vote, I never win. It's always the <laughs> other one. You shared that it's with so me. True. I'm sharing it with the crowd every single week. I don't think I've I don't think I can't remember the last time I voted for something that you actually drank.
0: Yeah, it's so true, man. So true. But maybe the boysenberry will win in the future or maybe I'll just drink it for funsies later. (laughs) Maybe give it a review on the website. Nice. So let's go ahead and crack this bad boy open. I'm going to give you some facts about it. It's a strawberry fruited sour um, from their website. Shortcake oats it's hard to say actually shortcake oat shake is our 100% oat strawberry fruited sour IPA with lactose and vanilla smooth and juicy short strawberry shortcake dude I can't talk in a can all right here we go give it a pour
1: we'll say it seven times fast while you're pouring it
0: <laughs> I can't I can't even say it once I'm
1: shake. <laughs> shortcake I'm gonna, to here. Shortcake, I'm gonna
0: give it a swirl Oh, nice. I'm willing willing to bet there's probably some strawberries, or some sediment in the bottom of this bad boy.
1: It's a good pour. Oh yeah, look at all that stuff coming out. You could see at the mm. bottom of your glass almost. I feel like unless that's the camera playing tricks on. it. There is
0: some like, uh, looks like a little bit of something. It's a little bit dark in this room. It's kind of hard to
1: tell, but yeah, pretty thick. I mean, I mean, definitely
0: thick. It's not super milkshakey, not super super thick. I've had I've had thicker, um, fruited sours recently, but. Nice smooth strawberry flavor, or I say flavor every time. Scent coming off of that. Not any like really no head on that, so not a ton of carbonation there. But it smells pretty sweet. Not super sour. Kind of what I would expect with like a lactose um, vanilla, you know, additive. So I'm gonna go ahead and give that a sip. Do it. Oh man. That's really good. Um kind of the reverse of what I was expecting. Like I it hits me with the sweet right up front. And then the sour is kind of what comes comes through towards the finish and sticks around.
1: Oh, nice. That yeah, um, that's kind of I feel like that's what you want more often, right?
0: Yeah, I kind of like that. It's not overly sweet. And it really does taste like the more I kind of sit here and kind of mull it over for a second, it it definitely tastes like strawberry shortcake. Nice. Um, I'm not really good at describing baked goods, but it's <laughs> kind of got...
1: And we have I a new know, segment like, what, coming cake. to the ginger in the beard. <laughs> baked goods. What's your bacon? <laughs> bacon me hungry. <laughs>
0: oh, there you go. It's. I mean, it's. I, I don't really know how to describe it really, but I mean, if you've ever had like a pound cake, like a sweet pound cake or, um, you know, like an angel food cake or something that's that cakey sort of flavor you get. I like, I don't, how do you describe a, the flavor of a cake? I don't really know how you describe that.
1: Sugary, fluffy, um,
0: eggy. Yeah, definitely. Floury. Eggy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, I think, I think the lactose really lends itself to that too. I was doing some research and trying to figure out like, why do they add lactose into beers and all these smoothie ales and, and fruited sours and stuff that you see around with the lactose. And what I found out is that the yeast that's used in, in brewing doesn't actually break down the the sugars in the lactose or the lactose itself. Oh. So it leaves behind the final product is much sweeter, fuller and creamier based okay. on my, based on my very lengthy research. Uh, this is what I've learned. So anyways, yeah, the Shortcake Oat Shake from Newgrass New Brewing. I mean, highly, would rec- highly rec highly recommend this. Man, I'm going to hate myself when I listen back to this episode. <laughs> um, not overly sour, not overly sweet, just a very fine balance there. Very good mouthfeel, very creamy. I would definitely agree with the creaminess if that's coming from the lactose. Um, you know, kind of a middle-of-the-road sour, I guess. It's not... I mean, I'm not the sour drinker myself, but this is something that I definitely would enjoy, you know, on a hot day or really just sitting here at my computer, 6% alcohol. Um, I'm actually shocked by that after tasting this, you know, that doesn't present itself very heavily. It doesn't, doesn't feel, you know, like a 6 percenter. it seems like a little bit um, on the lower ABV side, but yeah, overall, very, very delicious beer. I definitely recommend you guys check it out. Nice. So what about you man you had a beer that you wanted to you were adamant about experiencing on the show today tell us about that
1: Well we got a Firestone Walker Brewing Company here the Velvet Merkin from their vintage series Yeah this isn't a bottle this is a box because What's in the box? What's in the box? It's a beer. I'm very excited for this. Um I've had this before. You know, but uh, it's always good to, to try things again. Um so let's go ahead and unbox this sucker and go ahead and pour it out. It's uh oatmeal stout. Uh seven point eight percent ABV, twenty-one IBUs. And there she is. There's the bottle. Oh the label's a little messed up, but it's got it's got all these fun facts on it. You wanna zoom in very nice zoom in on that. It's uh it's got like the I think the original gravity, I think is what it is, in Play-Doh. And then it's got how many cases? Sixty-seven hundred cases produced. Um Newgate's Knocker. I don't know what that means, but that's the color of it, which is an 86. I think that's on a scale of a hundred, which you don't really see like beers explaining like their color grade. But I would guess an yeah. eighty-six is pretty. Pretty big, you know, or not pretty big, but pretty um, colorful. And so this is from batch number six, it says right there. So, anyway, you know what I just realized?
0: What's that? You don't have a bottle opener.
1: <laughs> never fails, dude, never fails. But I have this Allen wrench here, and so... <laughs>
0: Last last episode, it was a, a knife. This week, it's an Allen wrench. <laughs>
1: this Allen wrench is going to
0: work, I swear. And in, in another new segment Damn of the it. show is How Will Reese Open His Beer? Find out next week on How Will Reese Open His Beer? Find out. Okay,
1: well, we're getting the knife out again. We'll have to do the knife thing. Jeez. This is going
0: to be blood squirting on your camera.
1: Oh, gosh. That would... That would... Whoop. There we go. Opa! (laughs) That would be so bad if that were the case. Um, There's actually like a cool little saying on the back of this. Um, Well, first let me read how they describe it on their website. It says, Our decadent oatmeal stout lovingly aged in bourbon barrels. Beautiful chocolate espresso and vanilla bourbon aromas hold your nose hostage. Rich dark chocolate truffle bourbon and espresso create a dangerously smooth and incredibly drinkable barrel aged oatmeal stout hoarding tendencies may occur oh
0: yeah great description
1: yeah i'm not going to read this whole thing on the back because it's you know it's quite a bit and uh it basically is just a longer version of what i just said so let's go ahead and pour her out here we go can you see that all right yeah man i just realized i'm right over my keyboard
0: oh so sketchy wow
1: look at that let me just pour it straight up like that. Yeah, that's that's an 86 right there.
0: I had no idea there was even a scale for color.
1: Yeah, if you want to become a cicerone someday, you have to like be able to identify what color this is on a scale of one to a hundred.
0: Looks like an 86 if I had to guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if I poured this out, <laughs> I would guess 86. <laughs> <laughs> Um so clearly it's very dark. Um the head is nice uh fairly uniform with a couple bigger bubbles. Um I think the body yeah probably like I'd say probably like medium medium to light bodied almost. Let's sipper. Oh. Oh. Yes, that was amazing. Mm. <laughs> Delight. Um the smell definitely varam- caramel vanilla. That initial taste was, was um chocolatey, vanilla y um sweet. That was so yeah, that was really good, just right on the tip of my tongue there. And um as it's going on, you know, uh you know, I still have the chocolatey flavors in there. it's still lasting. Um, nice and smooth and I'm getting coffee on the end. Um, so the aftertaste is basically like the initial taste is very sweet and then it turns into like the espresso and the maltiness. Nice. Ah. Yeah, man. How about
0: the bourbon? Does the bourbon present very much? Um, since
1: it's aged and the in bourbon, the, on is. the, on the front end, I think that kind of plays in with the sweetness of it a little bit. Yeah um so right off the bat kind of getting the vanilla the chocolatey kind of bourbon sweetness and then it like turns into more of like a malty um you know coffee espresso type of flavor um they did say uh truffle I'm not really getting truffle at all I'm, i mean i'm getting chocolate but you know yeah still nice. working still working on these taste buds they'll get there eventually man um it sounds delicious. Yeah, this is definitely something to enjoy on a special occasion. Um, overall, man, I would—I mean, this is this is you know top ten for me. This is uh, definitely recommended. Firestone Walker is, um, you know, probably my one of my top two favorite breweries ever. Yeah. So, yeah, man, anytime I see them in stores with something new. Uh, certainly something from their vintage series. I got to get a hold of it.
0: I have to. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So they're based out of California. So did you pick that up at like
1: Total Wine? Yeah, Total Wine actually had an uh, amazing display in Virginia. Um, they actually like filled a whole shelf with like a whole bunch of different Firestone Walker uh, beers. Nice. They had a couple of different like trial packs, like four or five beers in there. And then they had a whole bunch of vintage series beers. And uh, It was the nicest display I've ever seen for Firestone Walker. Caught my eye. And uh I spent some money that day. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the day. And that was the day. My the wife cut up his savings. My wife cut up my credit card. <laughs> oh awesome. man. Um, so I'm uh, very excited about that. That was our beer. Um we have some very exciting stuff to talk about as far as UFC. You want to get into it? Yeah, man, let's do that. All right. Be right back. and we're back man today was a day for us the recording is on saturday october 24th ufc 254 was today um i think i think we should probably just talk about the the co-main and the main real yep. quick if you know if you're cool with that i think that you know we can kind of just touch on those and uh man let's start with jared and Robert Whittaker, Jared Cannonier, and Robert Whittaker. What did you think, man?
0: I I was I had a lot of hype for this fight in particular. Obviously the 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 main event, you know, is what we really came for. But I love watching both these guys fight. Jared Cannonier, I've I've loved watching him fight for a long time. To see his progression from you know heavyweight to middleweight is just kind of mind blowing. His, you know, look at the way his physique has changed over the years and his fighting style and technique and, and all that stuff and just tons of power. And then Robert Whitaker with the comeback story. Yeah. You know, he just beat Darren Till like a few months ago, you know, and now obviously with this win today, it looks like he's, you know, could potentially be next in line at another shot with Adesanya. But, um, yeah, it was, I was really excited, excited for this fight. Um, not the outcome I was expecting though. If you guys go back and listen to our previous episodes, I think both of us actually um, you know, yeah. had our money on Canonier. Right, right. But yeah, so they came out and round one I thought was super close. I you know, looking at those tweets that were feeding into the stream and you and I and our, our buddy Toby were chatting back and forth and kinda of torn on that first round, right?
1: Well, yeah, I um you know, I'm I'm leaning towards that it made sense, I think, to give it to Robert Whitaker. I mean, I think you you could kinda go either way. You know, uh Robert Whitaker was um kinda like playing his game. I think he, you know, was taking a little while to get started and um uh, but, but I feel like he was in control most of the time. Jared yeah. Cannonier was kinda stalking him and uh kept hitting him with those very intense leg kicks and probably did more damage. But I think overall, I think that it was, it was probably frustrating for cannon because he couldn't, he never really like let his hands go. It seemed like, and Robert always had an answer for him if he did.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think you're, you're right for sure. Those leg kicks were Jared's story, you know, perfectly placed. Might we add behind the knee, like not in the calf, but just like right behind the knee where we've seen people getting, you know, you know, a lot of taking a lot of damage in in recent fights, <clears throat> and was definitely showing signs of of wear with Robert Whitaker even in the first round. But you're right, Jared could never really find his range, and I don't think he was he wasn't really on the offensive. I think he was looking for the counter strike to yep. uh, you know try to put try to put Robert Whitaker away in that first round, but that didn't quite go his way. Uh, and I think it was pretty even that first round, but as the second round, you know, as we got into the second round. What impressed me most was the speed of Robert Whitaker. I think his hands were just so fast. And to for his, you know, to have his hands so low and um you know be able to throw those jabs so quick was quite impressive. Um, you know, Jared had pretty good head movement, you know, but really the accuracy of Robert Whitaker's hands, I think his head strikes, I think. Um, Jared Cannonier finished the fight with like less than 20 strikes to Robert's head. And I think he had like 20 or 30 leg kicks or something like that, but it was the exact opposite for Robert Whitaker. He was, he was, uh, you know, head hunting, I think, as they said in in the fight in a, in a kind of a good way. Yeah. Yeah. So third round, I I thought after the second round, I thought this was going to go to decision, but I think the, um, you know the theme for Robert Whitaker was just one specific combo. Did you pick up on that one combo? They kept calling out i think d c kept calling it out every time he threw it. It was like a yeah it was like it
1: a it was like a jab straight and then a head kick
0: Mhm yeah, yeah, and um I think Jared you know blocked it the first few times, but in the third round, he was successful. Robert was successful with that with that combo and uh landed a pretty solid head kick to Jared Cannonier and just completely wobbled him. Like he just completely fell back towards the, uh, towards the cage. Um, and looked like he was probably gonna get put away immediately. I think Robert Whitaker got on top of him and, uh, but somehow Jared was able to kind of lock him up on the ground, work his way back to the feet and kind of got his wits back about himself. And actually for a second there, I think it was like 40 some seconds left in the left in the fight. Um, he actually wobbled Robert yep. with, I think was a straight, right. And it hit him like right in the top of the head. Yeah. Yep. It's like those top of the head shots and like the behind the ear shots that don't seem super powerful, but they can like completely disorient a fighter. Right. Um, right.
1: The, and but, the, the ones that they don't see coming. Cause I feel like you have like a, a half of, a moment to brace for it, you yeah. know? And when you don't have that moment to like brace for it, you know, it just completely wobbles your head. But yeah, man,
0: yeah exactly so you know for a second there i was like dude this might be this might be a huge comeback for jared because when he hit him you saw robert's legs wobble right you saw he got weak in the knees for a second yep and i was like man if jared smells blood he might attack but uh i don't think he could really I, i think he was probably still a little cloudy at that moment and couldn't really capitalize on it or didn't really see the damage he had dealt but you know, you could tell Whitaker looked at the clock and realized he only had like 15 or 20 seconds left in the fight was able to change um, level change and, and wrap uh, Jared up in the clinch. And I think they, he just kind of held him there for, you know, 15 seconds and and let the fight end. So he won on decision, but yeah, I mean, I I think good for Robert. I mean, you know, a, a comeback story for sure. He's still super young. I think he's 29, I believe. Um, so he's got plenty of time ahead of him, and he's now chasing that chasing that title again. Do you think they're going give to him, give him another
1: shot at Izzy? I think so, yeah. I mean, he didn't even really get – he never got his rematch. So, you know, the first fight they could almost maybe call it a fluke, but it's – I mean, it definitely wasn't. I just – you know, I, I, I want to see Robert go fight for the belt again, but, I mean, I don't know if anything's really going to change. I mean, based on that performance, I mean – Uh, I, I do, I feel bad about Jared, uh, I really thought that he was going to, you know, he was going to let his hands go and he was going to make something happen. He almost seemed like kind of hesitant. Um, but I think it was just Robert playing his game and, and, uh, you know, uh, Cannoneer just couldn't get it, couldn't get it going. So I don't know if he beat himself or if, or if, uh, Bobby Knuckles beat him, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think it might've been a little bit of both. So, you know, uh, hopefully the future is brighter for Cannonier. Uh I know he was on a pretty good win streak there. Hadn't lost to anybody in this division. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure who's next for him. But for Robert, yeah. I mean, it's got to be Izzy, I feel like. Um, I'm just worried that, like, nothing's changed for Robert, in my opinion. Um, from the uh, UL fights um, to now, you know. I think Robert's still doing the same thing. And it just works on everybody else. But Izzy's got mm-hmm. the answer for him. Yeah, if Robert doesn't change his game plan, I mean, there's not going to be a different result in that championship fight, right? Yeah, and this is where you get to like a weird place in these in
0: these like rankings and divisions too, because let's just say he does get another shot at Izzy, he loses again, but like who else is there in the middleweight division? Are they going to keep feeding Robert Whitaker guys to see if they? He's like he's the gatekeeper to Izzy almost, you know what I mean? It's like they're not going to give him a third shot at Izzy if he loses again. So what happens?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, man. They 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 can't. So, also, Izzy might be fighting John Jones, like we never know, yeah. right? I don't really want to go down that path right now, but like yeah. I think you know, the future's uncertain. So they they might give Robert somebody else. He might have to, you know, fight uh, Hermanson or something, you know, but mm-hmm. there's only so many people, and I mean, it was really Jared Cannonier's uh chance, and that chance is gone now. I feel like
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah i mean if uh if they do if if john and izzy end up fighting you never know i mean robert might be the one you know izzy held the interim title for a minute when robert couldn't fight so robert might end up holding an interim title if izzy can't fight you know if he's fighting john jones so could the the scripts the scripts could be flipped my friend yeah but With that said, I think let's move on to the main event of the night. And just an FYI, guys, we actually have some guests coming on the show next um, this coming Tuesday where we would typically record our weigh-ins episode. But these are guys from the hosts from the Beers and Beards podcast. And these fellas are actually in, you know, have been involved in the MMA industry um, in some capacity in, in the past. So we'll probably be chatting more about this um, event on that episode as well. So make sure... If you are listening to this in the future, you go and check out that episode. Or if you're listening to this as soon as it publishes, make sure you stay tuned for that episode. Um, but moving on, Khabib versus Gaethje, the fight we were all excited about and all tuned in to see. How do you feel right now? What's your What's your gut feeling after watching that
1: fight? Personally, I, I'm torn because uh, I feel uh, initially let down because I really wanted Gaethje to win. Um, I'm a big fan of his. Um so I was uh, I was a little bit heartbroken about that. Um but I feel really good for Khabib um you know having lost his father uh, Abdul Manap, um recently uh for, for him to be able to to win um after you know losing his father you could clearly see in the ring you know how um how uh, you know emotional he was about it and um you know the the fact that uh, spoiler alert, you know, he put the gloves down, uh, basically out of respect for his mother is just, uh, absolutely crazy to me. Um, so everything about it, man, is, is really crazy. Uh, I do feel like, um, I, I just feel like Khabib is, he's really just that good. He just dominates people. I was a bit surprised by Gaethje not having better, um, jujitsu, uh, it doesn't seem like he has any jujitsu at all. He's probably a white belt. I think he's probably a white belt in jujitsu. So um, that corner needs to go back to, you know, he's good at striking. Um, and I and I thought he would be better at wrestling or takedown defense. It doesn't seem like he had really any answer for Khabib's takedowns. Um, so he might as well not even have had any wrestling background. So, yeah, I mean, it was just a. You know, Gaethje's leg kicks versus Khabib's everything else, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, we didn't really get to see much of Gaethje's hands in that fight. He definitely landed some solid shots, you know, as counter strikes. But I think it was the overall pressure that Khabib puts on fighters. And he came out, he didn't hesitate for a second. I mean, they felt each other out for maybe a minute. Yeah. You know, of that first round. But then it was just Khabib pouring on the pressure. From start to finish and he's just an intimidating guy and you've got to imagine the pressure in that moment which you know if you listen to some of Gaethje's interviews in the past it seems like he's not a kind of the kind of guy who gets overwhelmed by the pressure of the moment but you're face to face with a guy who's 28 zero at the time you know arguably one of the best UFC fighters of all time and I mean, he—he's just like a superstar. You saw him with his like motorcade rolling into the arena with the police escort and like three black SUVs. Like, what is this guy, the president? Like, who is this yeah, guy? Right. Um. So just all of that combined with this being the biggest fight, the biggest moment of Gaethje's career. Like, I wonder if some of that kind of got to him a little bit potentially. But also, yeah. I mean, to your point, the ground game just wasn't there. I, I but but honestly if it didn't go to the ground I don't see that fight going any differently just based on what we were able to witness you know between the first and part of the second round Khabib was just in his face constantly he wasn't giving him a second to even like you know get his footing to even load up a shot you know what I mean but we we've yeah. seen Gaethje knock dudes out from like weird positions and like you know very unstabilized punches you know but I don't know. I mean, I, I Khabib was just laying it on him, man.
1: Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Gaethje should have just fought more of his fight. Um, but honestly, I don't think it would have mattered. I, I Khabib just ragdolled him. Not he didn't ragdoll him, but Gaethje. It didn't seem like he had any. And and I, if you go back and watch Gaethje fights where he's like taking people down, or where people are trying to take him down, like he's got a really good, you know kind of a uh, scramble but there was no scramble here i feel no. like what Gaethje was trying to do was conserve energy when he yeah. should have just been letting it all go let it all go you know so right. i don't know their game plan but it didn't work
0: <laughs> no didn't <laughs> but
1: yeah i think the other thing is Khabib was just so strong man
0: it, but i mean like the 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 his um technique the way he goes from You know, getting Gaethje's back. So the way the the fight ended, he gets his back, but instead of just instead of just wrapping him up, you know, he like flips around to the side and immediately goes for that arm bar, then switches up for a triangle. Like within a matter of like ten seconds, like there was like no, it was almost a seamless transition. Like Mm -hmm. he knew immediately within that first two seconds of exactly what he needed to do in that moment. Like there was no question in his head. Like that's exactly what he needed to do and where he needed to go yep so yeah I mean so Gaethje ends up getting caught in the triangle and going to sleep because I guess the referee didn't see the tap the first three times (laughs) I don't know how that happened right right I guess in his defense if you watch it back at full speed it kind of looks like that first tap he's searching for Khabib's glove or something to try to free up the hands or to, to do something I don't know yeah um I'm not really sure what, what he could have been trying to do other than tap, but I guess benefit of the doubt, but regardless, that's how, it, how it ended. I was excited to see, you know, the respect afterwards obviously could be broke down in the middle of the ring. Um, You know, presumably because of his dad, this is the first fight after his dad passed away and all those emotions have been kind of pent up during training and, and all that stuff. So Gaethje actually went over and tried to console him a little bit and, you know, obviously they hugged it out at the end of it. Turns out they have the same manager. I didn't realize that before this fight. But Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of mutual respect there. But um fly is like flying around my face right now. <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, I, I we you and I were chatting after the fight, and it's just like so he retires now, so no one in my opinion, nobody can ever call themselves besides Kabib, the greatest lightweight UFC fighter of all time, because no one will defeat Kabib unless they go on to make the GSP fight, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen.
1: Oh, well, unless somebody else comes along and is as dominant and you know um goes thirty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but we'll never know. um I don't think we'll ever see Khabib fight again. I think that's it.
0: Yeah, the, you know, you don't get the sense with him as you do with somebody like Connor or John Jones or whatever. Like, I'm retiring. It's like, okay, bro, you said that three times before. Yeah um seems like if Khabib says something he means it
1: I I think what happens next is the winner of Poirier versus uh Connor fights Justin Gaethje for the um for the title yeah you're probably right I think that's what happens next
0: for sure so do you want to talk about the uh Onyx sports training
1: gloves Yeah, just real quick, um, uh, Gaethje's coach, Trevor Whitman, um, actually, uh, we've talked about him in the past, but um, I'm only bringing these up now because in the uh, pre-fight press conference, um, Trevor Whitman was discussing these gloves, and uh, I think we saw maybe one eye poke today. I'm not sure. I didn't really see... I think I saw one eye poke, and that was it today. But, you know, everybody's seen eye pokes in the past, or broken hands, and, you know who else, you know, whatever, whatever else happens because of these dang gloves. So, uh, Trevor Whitman's got this uh, company Onyx Sports, uh, he makes training gloves and other training equipment. Um, and this is his solution to eye pokes and broken hands. So, um, you know, he explained that the current MMA gloves keep your fingers extended. They cause unnecessary fatigue. They can lead to eye pokes and broken bones. His solution is a glove that keeps your hands in a more natural Closed position. So he explained it like UFC gloves, if you're watching right now, keep your hands kind of extended like this. His gloves kind of keep them in this natural position. So you're using these bones rather than these bones when punching. Um, uh, basically, removes the potential for eye pokes and lessens fatigue. Puts the focus on your knuckles rather than the fingers when punching. Um, and one of the cool things which I didn't realize is he's been in discussions with fighting promotions for uh, two years now. Um, trying to get something done. But he wants to wait to ink a deal with Dana and the UFC before branching out to other promotions because he's a huge, he has huge respect for Dana and believes he created MMA as it is today and wants to work with Dana first out of respect. So he's willing to wait just so that he can get a deal with Dana first. Uh, if you guys want to go check out the gloves, go to onxsports.com. Uh, and if you want to check out the full Media Day interviews, you got to go find those on YouTube.
0: Yeah, and I would recommend you guys go listen to the episode of Joe Rogan's podcast with um, Justin Gaethje and Trevor Whitman, because he talks a lot about the justification, the backstory of how he developed these gloves like in his basement with his own sewing machine, um, doing all this stuff himself, using testing it out with his own fighters that he trains and all that cool stuff. Really, really interesting stuff, and he's a very passionate guy. He's really fun to listen to talk about you know why and how he's he's doing this so hopefully they can work something out man I don't really see why not (laughs) you don't see anything except for complaints about the UFC gloves so I feel like you know it's just like football just like NFL there's always constant developments when it comes to equipment you've got a problem you know with concussions or with neck injuries or whatever you well what do you do you evaluate your equipment see which changes you can make there so why is the UFC any different? Why not make changes to the equipment to help out these fighters?
1: Absolutely, I don't understand what's taking them so long. It doesn't make sense. But uh, maybe
0: once they pop out, once somebody pokes an eyeball out of the socket mid-fight, maybe then they'll <laughs> reconsider.
1: Yeah, don't change anything until it's too late. That's how it always goes. Is it doesn't? it? Yeah. Until yeah, there's a lawsuit, sure. you know. So. That's right. All right man, well that's uh that's the UFC. You had a very exciting day in the UFC world. Let's go ahead and talk about some technology. Let's do it. All right, and we're back and uh you know, I got some I got some news real quick. You know, I'm always bringing the good VR news. Um, you know, this uh this won't take long, but uh we got a company called DecaGear coming out with a PC VR headset. Um this week basically they made an announcement of this just phenomenal sounding uh headset that they're going to be coming out with and let's just kind of rattle through some of these promises. Um face and hip tracking. 4.6 megapixels per eye, which is uh 2160 by 2160, uh 90 hertz uh refresh rate, and they're saying it's gonna be a 2021 launch. And I'll save the best for last. I'll get to that here in a second. <laughs> um so this company's based out of Singapore. They uh say the H uh, the head mounted display is designed to embrace social VR content offers wireless game streaming from your PC with an add-on accessory labeled DECA Air with a $50 price tag. Uh, Real quick, just to compare that to um, one of the solutions that I think um, not Oculus is using, I think that uh, HTC is using is basically $250 comparably. Um, So $50 compared to Two hundred and fifty dollars. Interesting. Uh, Deca Move is the hip tracking attachment, which actually looks pretty cool, and I think that's a fantastic idea. If it's if it's real, then you basically just put this little tracker on your on your belt and tracks your hip movement, which um, allows you to have another facet of of movement involved, where you could keep your hips facing one direction and you could be turning another direction and keep walking in that one direction while turning and looking another way. I think that's a fantastic idea that, um, you know, we should have seen prior, but, uh, the company released two videos showing face tracking in action and it's hip based locomotion. So I think the face tracking and hip based locomotion is, um, interesting. Hopefully uh, they can pull it off. Uh, but what's really crazy, uh, uh, drumroll please, do, 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 do. Um, they're saying that they're going to release this for just $450. Um, so, just to give you some comparisons, uh, I talked about it a, a week or two ago, HP was coming out with a headset um, that is comparable to this uh, that they've been showing off for a while now. I think it was the, the Reverb, I believe it was called. Um And uh, that one's probably going to be in, like, the $1,000 price range. And that thing's, like, super legit. Um, I've already seen demos of it. It looks freaking amazing. Uh, So for Gear to come out and say that it's just $450, I'm just wondering, man, should we be skeptical? What do you think?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I wonder if the 450 bucks is just for the head mounted or is that for is that supposed to be for the hip tracking accessory and the the uh wireless game streaming s- service? Um I mean because the Quest 2, I mean, some of these headsets are getting pretty affordable. I think the Quest 2 is like 300 bucks or something, right? Mhm. Yeah. Um but of course, I don't think that has any face tracking built in to my knowledge. No. So yeah, I mean that's that's pretty interesting. It would be cool if I, I, it would be cool if that if that's a real thing. Um, the hip tracking does sound interesting to me though. I like that when you put it in that. At first, I'm like, why do you need to track your hips? I don't understand. Are you, unless maybe you're like Shakira and you're like in a music video? You're thinking something a little don't. bit naughtier. <laughs> oh boy, we'll keep that one. We'll save that one for later. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, to to your point, like if you're playing uh, you know, a sh- a shooter game or something you need to check your surroundings but keep walking in one direction or something or if you're right. playing maybe a I, I don't know. I'm I, I don't play a lot of VR, so it's kind of hard for me to to think of different examples, but that makes that makes more sense to me now. Um I do wonder what is the face tracking? Do you know like what the specifics are on that? Like what is it actually is it tracking your mouth movements
1: or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mouth movements, facial expressions, stuff like that so that it can uh you know produce those in a social v r atmosphere so that other people can see your facial expression so it's you know it's um that's that's basically what it is so i um you know even just having the four point six megapixels per eye at ninety hertz is insane, and then you're gonna add face and hip tracking on top of that. Yeah. I feel like the hip tracking probably isn't included, but for such a low price point, it's hard to believe that this is possible and so if you look take a look a little bit deeper into the development team they don't really have any technology like this already they really don't have like anything yet they basically are have marketed themselves in the past as having like a huge mmo game and if you like go and try and find the mmo game like there's no mmo game so um this Mm -hmm. this company's just like kind of coming out of left field with all these things about this head-mounted display and um you know i would be very interested to see if this all comes true in 2021 um or if it's all just kind of a media publicity kind of scam to try and get people to see their company you know right
0: yeah interesting very interesting indeed so lots of
1: always always tons of rumors
0: to vet out in the tech industry lots yeah. of vaporware You know, so hopefully this actually does come true and there's always rumors surrounding Apple devices as well, but we've got answers now when it comes to a lot of the stuff that's been rumored because we had an Apple event just this past week. I believe we didn't have an episode since the event um, until just now. So let's talk about these new iPhones that were officially announced. So we talked about what was rumored to come out. And what I want to focus on right now is because we could spend an entire episode talking about this stuff is just uh what do you, what should you know about? What should you care about? Why, why even listen to this segment of the show? <laughs> so we're going to break it down. The TLDR too long, didn't read version of this. So there's four new iPhones. Now, some of them they're releasing on different timetables at this point. Uh, I think that's just probably a supply chain, you know, issue based on COVID, so the 12 and the 12 Pro are, I think, now available for pre-order, and the 12 Mini and 12 Pro Max will be available for pre-order. I believe the 6th of November. Don't quote me on that; could be off by a few days. Okay. Um. So, what should you know about these? Number one, we told you before the event was going to be focused on speed, so they're faster. They've got an A14 Bionic chip built into them the same chip that is most likely going to be used in upcoming MacBooks, So actual laptops will be using the same chip that's in your iPhone. Um, this is a uh, Apple's proprietary Silicon that they developed themselves. They're all five G ready five G capable. So as long as your service provider has five G, you will be able to get those speeds. And I've seen some demos of five G and it's getting like, um, I don't know if it was on sprint or Verizon, but like, it looked like I think it was like 350 megabits download speed on 5G, which is pretty ridiculous for uh, for a network connection. Next to that, lidar scanner in the pro models, they're gonna have a lidar scanner built into the camera, the rear-facing cameras. This is definitely sh- something I think you would be interested in, Reese. Because what's, uh, what's lidar? So it's essentially depth mapping. So the camera can sense how long does it take. For light to reflect off of surfaces in the room um, and get back to the sensor in the camera, so it can build depth maps of your entire room Whoa. in real time. So this is especially helpful for AR. They've, they're, they've been like, they've been slowly and slowly and slowly working their way up to like announcing some sort of AR technology for the last like three or four generations of iPhones. Uh, But essentially what this LiDAR scanner in the phone is going to allow you to do is if you're using AR applications, the phone will be able to actually sense depth to a place where imagine your couch is here, your wall is a little bit further back. So if somebody develops in like a character or something in this AR experience and they run behind the couch, so you'll actually be able to see the, the, the character go behind the couch, come out the other side, it knows the difference between foreground and background so your so your um wow. a r experiences are gonna be much more realistic, much more immersive. another example they talk about on their website is that if there's a grass area or something in your in your a r experience, the grass will only be on the floor of your living room and will stop perfectly at the edge of your couch or edge of your table um so it's not like creeping up and kind of getting confused so very very interesting stuff there i kind of excited to see that in practice um And also it allows for portrait photos at night and faster autofocus with the camera. So if you're all about the cameras, this is something you should definitely check out. Um, Speaking of cameras, the iPhone Pro Max, which is their largest model, has a 47% larger camera sensor than the rest of the lineup with a five times optical zoom and something called sensor shift optical image stabilization. So if you're all about taking videos Maybe while you're in a car, or you're trying to get a picture of your kids running around. Those are a couple of examples they give. The sensor itself actually moves to compensate for the shakiness of the phone to smooth out those videos or help you get a clean shot of a moving object or while you're moving. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, ceramic shield is something that we also talked about as a rumored is a basically a new type of glass. It's actually not glass. It's ceramic um, developed by the same company who makes Gorilla Glass, which is Corning. Um, this, this ceramic shield is a special blend of ceramic that's made up of nanocrystals, blah, 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 buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. Um, four times better drop performance is what they're claiming with this glass. And it's exclusive to Apple. There's no other smartphone manufacturers that use this same type of glass. Samsung is also using Corning's Gorilla Glass. Um, the Victus, which is the new, the latest Gorilla Glass, uh, latest in the lineup of Gorilla Glass, um, and after reading doing some research into what people are saying about the differences, it seems like the ceramic shield will be stronger than Gorilla Glass Victus, which is what Samsung is using, and should be, you know, able to withstand some pretty significant drops. So at this point, I'm I'm kind of curious. You know, I wonder if we'll ever get to a point where we don't have to use a case on our phones like do you think you'd ever be at at a place where you're comfortable enough not using a case?
1: I mean, frankly, we should be there already i in my opinion, like they should make phones <laughs> they can they can they can make phones that don't break like you know it's a marketing scheme basically <laughs> for like super rich people that are. Dumb and don't care to drop their phones so they have to buy a new one all the time. I get yeah. it. They don't want to make the phones indestructible. They want them to be easily destructible so that you buy more of them. Um I think based on that we probably won't ever have, you know, phones without cases, but I don't understand why these companies aren't just adding on like <laughs> You know, a $50, like a ridiculously expensive case to go with it and be like, oh, for an extra $700, you can get this indestructoid case, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. with your phone built in, you know, give us the, give us the, the 12 Pro Max. um, Rugged. Rugged. <laughs> yeah, there it is the 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 12 pro max rugged you know never breaks ran over with a tank shot with a 50 caliber you know
0: yeah i yeah i, I see what you're saying for sure I, I also agree i'm not sure why we're not there yet uh it doesn't make a lot of sense to me i guess there's probably some fine balance between clarity of the glass and durability and all these different things there have been non-breakable phones in the past motorola had something like the droid turbo max or something like that had some sort of i think essentially what it was was like plexiglass as a screen it was like more of a plastic than a glass it, or, or it had some sort of a coating on it or something that made it essentially shatterproof um i guess it all comes down to the feel of the device because something like that even if you go and put a screen protector on your phone, it doesn't feel the same. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel as smooth. It doesn't feel as like your those buttons that you're pushing are like as close to the surface of, of the screen. So it's all about those minute details. That I think that has, has kept us from getting to that point.
1: Dude, if um, I can go buy a $5 case, they can build something into this phone. I'm yeah. telling you. If I oh, yeah, go, I'm sure. If there's a $5 solution, then like they can do it. They just yeah. they just don't want to.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's all about the materials. And speaking of the materials, the iPhone 12, the chassis as we mentioned, has been redesigned. It's much more akin to the iPhone 4S or the 5 where it's squared off edges, which I'm super excited about. Fits more in line with their, their iPad Pro or actually all of their iPads now that that's squared off um edge instead of the rounded edge so you can actually stand the phone up just on the bottom of it it's so flat um just looks a lot more clean you know well i guess it's i guess it's all subjective it depends on what you prefer but the pro models have stainless steel um bands all around the side as opposed to aluminum so more quality they're polished it's kind of again preferential i kind of like the mattness of the aluminum of the non-pros um but some people will prefer that shiny stainless steel encasing. Uh, but there is still a glass back on those. I do believe. So, you know, last but not least, we talked about mag last week. Last time we talked about this, there are magnetic attachments for these phones. So actually inside of the phone in the back, there's a circle of magnets, a circular magnet. So you can attach, um, a charger, a phone charger will snap onto it and start to charge. It's just a Qi charger though. So any Qi device you can lay on top of that thing and it'll still charge the device. So pixel phones, any Android phone that's qi charging enabled. Um but they're offering accessories like a wallet attachment that you can slap on the back of your phone that magnetically attaches. But I would just say, without spending too much time on it, go and check out the video reviews that are out right now. There are some tech reviewers showing that when you slap that on the back and try to slide that into your pocket, the magnets are not actually strong enough to prevent that wallet attachment from falling off the phone. So, seems a little sketchy, seems gimmicky. I'm kind of annoyed that Apple has turned towards the gimmick to kind of, you know, encourage more sales because that seems more of a, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something Apple typically would do, but anyways, um, and last but not least, I will just say the iPhone mini seems kind of interesting for folks who prefer a smaller phone. I think you might actually be one of those folks who prefers a smaller phone potentially, but it's a 5.4 inch screen, very similar size to the iPhone five. So very, very small form factor, still edge to edge display, quite interesting, but not quite ready for pre-order. So that was the TLDR of that. Go and check out the reviews. There's tech reviewers out with full reviews of these phones. Um I mean, make your own judgments. Let us know if you guys are interested in those iPhones. Most likely I'll be picking one up. So whenever I do get one, I'll make sure we chat about it on the show.
1: Oh man, that's awesome. Um, no, I'm not really into smaller phones. I think... I've been looking at um the Samsung Galaxy um twenty I think what is it the the Note the Note Galaxy 20? Note yeah the Galaxy Note or the S twenty nah the big one
0: probably the Note twenty then
1: I think it's the Note twenty um I was looking at that but I mean you're kind of you know I, mean, I don't know about these uh um this the the AR uh lidar scanner on the phone is like kind of selling me on this, but uh we almost we almost pulled the trigger on prime day and bought two new uh Samsung phones, and then we decided not to, so we're still in the market, but uh probably not gonna buy any new phones soon,
0: yeah, I love Samsung phones, man I've had a samsung I had the Samsung Note five, and I love that thing, so I don't think you'll be disappointed either way.
1: Yeah, I used to have a Samsung. I, I got the Pixel 2 still, and my case finally broke. You know, I used to have that wallet case. Yeah. So, so now I got this clear case. You can actually see the... See Very nice. The, see all the stuff nice. on it again. It's a lot smaller, too. Um. So, yeah, man, uh, that was our tech news. Um, Not a whole lot going on in the video game world. We could talk about a couple things, but, you know, nothing really big happening. I think we should just go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah,
0: I agree, man. I definitely agree.
1: All right. So, um, you know, just in closing, guys, I, uh, again, very happy to have everybody here uh, listening and watching. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. Also subscribe on your favorite podcast player if you really want to help us grow. And as always, share this podcast with a friend. We appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Yes. Thank you guys so much. And again, as I mentioned it, this coming Tuesday, we'll be recording an episode with the hosts from the Beers and Beards. Very similar, very similar show. A couple of guys with some beards who like to drink beers. So um, we'll be having them on our show to to chat about just that. Some beer and like I said, some potentially some UFC news. So make sure you check that episode out if it's out right now. And if you're an eager beaver and you're listening to this episode the day it drops, make sure you stay tuned for that episode. But until then, we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. See ya.